after a two-week wilderness retreat, the boys are back and we are happy to be here record- recording the week 11 episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week on the pod, it is myself, Tyler, Matt. Before we get going, I want to remind you all to subscribe at your favorite podcast app and leave a nice review. Follow us on the website formerly known as Twitter. Uh, send any listener feedback to shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Boys, how we doing? How was the summer break? And are you ready to take in uh, the rest of the CFL season? It was a good summer break. I had a nice little time. Went on a couple, vac- a little vacay over the weekend. Uh, played a little golf. Yes. And uh, watched a little CFL action. And we're, I'm ready to get back into it. For so, sure. Tyler, how are you feeling? I have to say, I'm feeling great, but I, I, I just want to make a comment. The BC uniform, the black ones, they're so yes. good. They're great. I've decided that it's 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 my I, I think it might be my favorite uniform in the CFL is the is the is the black BC Lions uniforms. They gotta wear the black helmets with it. Like the whole the blackout uniform is just it's absolutely flames. And it looks especially good when they're just kicking ass in it as they did this past week. That's that's also a good that's also a good point. It helps. Okay. Guys, let's get right into it. As we said, this is the week 11 episode. We're going to be talking uh, what hot matchups are coming up. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about a little little notable news that came down the wire earlier this week. And that is that Victor Kui is now the former president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks. The reports are that they parted ways uh, by mutual uh, agreement Uh I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the world. (laughs) Speculation is that it was between Victor or Chris Jones and that coaching staff, and they chose to save the money on Chris Jones and that coaching staff. At least that's what I'm going to believe. Um, Disappointing. Kui came in, lit a fire under everybody's butt. Um, I think a very exciting and important person to have in the league. Clearly loves the league, uh, but now it's no more. Uh, as we saw this happen in Montreal with Stern, this happened a bunch of places. People come in, they get excited, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Uh, so unfortunately, Victor Kui era in Edmonton is over. Guys, any takeaways, any takes regarding this, what I consider a pretty sad thing because he was hyped and it was good for the league. Victor Kui's Twitter X was hilarious. I do love that he hasn't made any mention of it, that it's his latest post is still from the end of July, um, in the team store. Um, yeah, he seemed a little bit naive on some level, like excited, but naive. Um, interesting. Can uh, you elaborate? uh, Yeah. He just, in the face of, I guess, I guess he could have been more, I don't know. I, I feel like he, he didn't connect with fans as much as he thought he connected with fans. I think that is a, a, a fair statement. Um, and I don't, I don't, I mean, it's weird. His, his legacy is weird because he clearly loved the Elks, but he was terrible with them. Attendance numbers way down. Oversaw their worst time in franchise T- history. Yeah, worst time in franchise history, but also he had to do the rebrand. So it's all sort of a mixed bag with him, isn't it? Uh, but mostly, I, I think if you're an Elks fan like yourself, I, I think I'd be happy um, to have a perhaps less vocal but oh. more com- more competent uh, no. person. No, I'm not happy. You're not happy. I think this is bad, man. You think this, this is, is bad? I think this is really bad. I think this is bad, man. I think that like there's you can never ever undervalue. Just having somebody in the building who's excited to be there day in and day out. And I think that's what uh, they had in Victor Kui. He was stoked. He brought the energy. And yeah, I think I do agree with you, Tyler, in that he was a little bit, um, uh, I guess, optimistic is the kindest way of putting it. You know, he was over the top, energetic. um, But I mean, what are you going to do? Is he supposed to get on Twitter after every game and go, shit, we suck? No, Uh, no, no. So, you, you know, it's... He was doing his part, trying to get people excited. Um, and now you've got a coaching staff, which I will just say this, like obviously the Chris Jones era in Edmonton is 
is horrific and horrible. And a coaching staff who still is like acting like they're the toughest kids on the block recently this after this game with Winnipeg. Trey Ford, you know, he just made a comment. He said, you know, I wish we had to take more shots downfield. Um, and, you know, Chris Jones is like, oh, yeah, well, you do your job. I'll do mine, yada, yada. It's like, dude, you suck at your job. Clearly, this team sucks. Like, I don't think anybody's in a position to be like uh, having a pissing contest. So I think it's a mess in Edmonton. Um, it's sad. But that's that. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, – I don't know how one MMA operates, um, but my gut tells me <laughs> – My gut tells I can me tell. that <laughs> it's <laughs> not – in it, that one of the things that one MMA did not hurt for was capital uh, money. Now, where that money came from, I won't speculate on, but I think he was – you know, I think a reason that one MMA – grew is because they had an aggressive growth strategy that um, was not necessarily um, worried about the sustainability, right? Because they always knew they had money. So uh, one of the things that Victor did great on is promotions. And I think there was some concern with the board of directors that the promotions relied too heavily on discounting um, growth as a singular metric and not profitable growth. Um, I think they've lost somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million, a few million dollars each year. Uh, the war chest, the, the, I don't know what you call them, the chairman of the board said they've got a $10 million rainy day fund. So, um, you know, that's, that's three more years of operation at the current run rate. Um, so I can understand why the board wanted to be a little more budget conscious. Um, yes. I think Victor's rebuttal to them probably was and would be for me like the the fans are coming, the fans are engaged. Uh, the trend has well, was tapering off a little bit. It was trend, it's still trending downward in terms of attendance, but it felt like it was tapering off a little bit. Um, but they're just not excited when it comes to the product on the field. So yes. fans want to come. The problem is the product. I'm getting them in the door the the best way I know how. Um, fix the product and watch how these problems solve themselves. And uh, for, you know, I'm sure valid reasons, uh, the board of directors decided that they were going to shore up the spending first. Um, and honestly, I can't blame them. I mean, I think if... If what I was faced with is a president who is in a spend, spend, spend mode, and then he, what he's also asking is for more spend to not only – or basically to have two lame duck uh, contracts out there because they're still paying off Moz um, is like – it's like, what are you going to – like <laughs> Victor, we can't do this, obviously. So, listen, I, I, I am – I'm sad – that Victor Kui is not going to be involved in the CFL seemingly going forward. Um, I think he was doing a really great job at Edmonton. It was the fans were excited. Um, the product didn't match, but I totally understand where the board of directors came from in, in choosing not Chris Jones over him, but choosing the money over him, the financing over him. That makes sense. It makes sense. All right. I have to also say, Victor Kui did expose the... the. I remember a tweet from him in earlier July uh, from the Ottawa Red Black Stadium that a hot dog with no condiments costs nearly $8. Well, I went to the movies and, you and don't I bought get free, a $6 and you Gatorade. And you don't get free so. condiments on the hot... You have to pay... So the, the base price of the hot dog that's, was, was that's $8 wrong. in Ottawa. <laughs> you just can't do that. That is extortion. Dogs and beers should not be a luxury. Eight bucks for a, for an un, unadorned hot dog. I mean... Three bucks for a dog, four fifty for a beer. That's all I'm saying. You're on it. That's I would like to say just, and that I always round down, so just give me the beer for four. But yeah, you're on there. I'll take the beer for four. That All is right. gen- that is genuinely Bundesliga pricing. It's amazing. Well, this is a CFL pod. So. CFL pod. We don't talk about Germany here, Tyler. 
<laughs> well, all right. Unless we're talking CFL Global 2.0. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Everyone else did, too. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about the action that took place in week 10. We're going to do, we're reinstalling a little bit of a recap segment, uh, which we'll tell you all more about going forward. Uh, but to kick it off, Matt, tell us what happened. Tell us who correctly predicted uh, the Winnipeg-Edmonton matchup and how that played out. I think we were all sweating. Never want to be the one who doesn't call the first Edmonton uh, victory. 22 um, nothing. We were we, we were all sweating. What happened here? Um, I don't know how... It, it's impossible that they lost this game. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely possible. This is, this is something that only Edmonton could do. And in spectacular fashion, like they still had this wrapped up through three quarters. No, no, see, I, I don't know. I felt at the three quarter mark, it was doomed (laughs) at the, at the beginning of the half or no, by about the middle of the third quarter, it was like, oh yeah, this is not, it was not trendy, but I still felt lead is not long for the world. I thought they still had it wrapped up. They they did not. Winnipeg's too strong. Um, Winnipeg's great uh, strength is is their flexibility. Like for mm. Drew Brown to come in after an early Caleros injury and and really kind of sling it was kind impressive. Of. And uh, and, sling. Um, and and Brady Oliveira stepping up. He's been doing well all year, but um, but really stepping up last week. So. Winnipeg took that one 38-29. We all correct, correctly predicted that one. Yeah. How about BO? 7.9 yards per carry. That's kind of absurd and frankly embarrassing for the I, I, defense. Shout out to, to, to BO as well. Are we calling him BO from now on? I love it. We can. Uh, I'm into it. Shout out to BO because he how quickly he's made everybody for, not forget, but not get upset about Andrew Harris leaving. He remember when he was off to that rocky start last year and yeah. people were like, dude, Johnny <laughs> yes. Augustine is the best running back in Winnipeg. Not the case. He turned that around. Turned that around real quick. I I got to say BO is 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 a top this season I mean he's a top 2 running back in the league. Top 1 honestly. I mean, I will say this. He's on the he never he doesn't miss games. Healthiest one by Facts. far. Tyler, tell us what happened uh, in Montreal when the Riders came to town and Cody Fajardo got to face his former team. Well, Cody Fajardo didn't get to face his former team uh, because he's a coward. You're right, because he was on the bench. My bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought you were trying to bait me into that one. Um, No, no. So Cody was was a game-time decision. Uh, I mean, quite literally, like until half an hour before kickoff, he didn't know if he was going to play or not. Um, and in stepped Caleb Evans, and the Montreal Alouettes didn't really skip a beat. I, I don't really, my brain can't wrap my head around how they scored as many points as they did when you when you just look at their raw stats. But they just played good defense, had takeaways, and just scored. I, I mean, uh, blowout. Uh, Mason Fine got hurt in the second quarter. Uh, at that point, it was already fourteen to three. Um, don't know how much time he's going to miss. It was on a slide, which ugh, is always the worst. You know, like what what does that mean? Those those non contact injuries always freak you out more than the ones on the hits because could be anything. So uh, in step Jake Dolagala. Not a very good, stunning performance for the rest of the game. Well, 11 for 20 for 100 yards and an interception. Um, this one was pretty much over by halftime, 17-3. And then the second half, it just put, Montreal poured it on. Another uh, 24 points after that. Yeah. Uh, Saskatchewan one sack did... allowed by Montreal. Yeah, they just... Matt, what are you John saying? and I what talked you, about this over the weekend. <laughs> Defensive, defensive, defensive touchdown. Uh, just Jashroon Antwi was getting in there. I mean, when Jashroon is jocking on you, it's it's time to 
Yeah, Austin Mack, 50-yard touchdown pass. I mean, they looked fine. Caleb Evans looked good. I mean, it wasn't accurate, but he was really efficient. You know, his eight completions went for 150 yards. Um, I do think that 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 this game is not a good tell if Caleb Evans is going to carry Montreal to their next victory. I hope anything for Montreal, they'd, they'd much rather have Cody back out there. Um, as for Saskatchewan, I think they've lost four out of their last five. Um, they are on a, a pretty hard slide, and you know I, I don't know what the timetable is for T. Harris to to come back, um, but. Uh, or for Mason Fine, for that matter, but they're in Pipkin, a tight keep your eyes out. Antonio Pipkin, they signed him, he's in. You know, I do think Pipkin... A once-promising young starts. player, new chance. I'd love to see it. So, uh, John was the only one to correct your put this game. Insane. We all, we all thought... I don't know why... I don't remember why I thought Saskatchewan would win at all, but... We have a very heavy West bias, no matter what the actual is actually taking place this season. I think that's a fact. I think, and I think we've been it, the tide is is not turned, but it's turning. It's turning. Uh, yes, but I, uh, you know, I just you know, Montreal had it. I'm not a big sketch guy. I also want to say pat myself on the back. I didn't actually take any benefit from this, but I did pick Walter Fletcher in the 11th round of this year's CFL draft. He sat on the bench the whole year, but came in this game, had a nice little 15 carries for 73 yards. He's a good player. I think it's ridiculous that he sits on the bench uh, all all year. Uh, time to get that guy some carries. Just saying, just putting that out there. Yeah, Hope Jashroon, Jashroon, Jashroon had a great game too. Both stand back gets healthy. Yeah, Jashroon, 6.7 yards per carry, not bad. Yeah, I mean, you you just look at the box score and you have no. It looks like a. It looks just like a slot fest. Both quarterbacks under 150 yards. Running the running is okay. I mean, yes, the running is where they won. Caleb Evans sh- absolutely shredded. Sorry, I, I did not mention that. Caleb Evans shredded the Scatch defense. 11 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he was he he did literally carried them to victory. But God, Saskatchewan defense for the Saskatchewan team to give up forty-one points to a to a team that had you know less than three hundred yards of offense, or around or in and around three hundred yards of offense is pretty bad. Pretty bad. Tyler, continue. Oh, this was a beauty. This was a beauty. <laughs> I must say. Tell right, us what went down. Calgary right, at BC. Well, let's start with the fact. Let's let's all pat ourselves in the back. Everybody predated BC. So, <laughs> shout out to all of us. Um. BC absolutely dump trucked Calgary. Vernon Adams came back and didn't skip a beat. He was dancing on the field. We, I love, I do love a VA like just when he's up, just like dancing on people. Um, he was amazing. Three, 23 of 32 for over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Um, Keon Hatcher, massive game, 170 yards and a touchdown. And then on the flip side, you had Kadeem Carey come back, which is great. Uh, I'm glad he he looked really good in his return. I will say seven carries for 44 yards. Welcome back uh, to Kadeem Carey. But uh, by and large, um, Calgary looked inept in every phase of the game. Uh, maybe one of the worst. If you go watch, if you go find the highlights on TSN, one of the worst blocked punts, or or I should say, blocking on a punt I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the the kicker received the ball and that that was it. They couldn't even try to make a kick. Um, they were on him so fast. So, yeah, all three phases of the game, Calgary was bad. Jake Mayer, bad. Um, he was 17 of 31 for 130 yards. Just in- incapable. I-, I understand the receiver situation is not great with his, his best receiver out, uh, but just not not an excuse. Um BC defense is good. I, I mean, it's just it's just a mismatch. Calgary's one of the, Calgary. It's so such a weird team to think that this is the team that that beat Toronto. I know the situation when they beat Toronto wasn't normal, but it's kind of when we look back on the season and Calgary's you know second bottom in the West, we'll go, huh? Remember that time they beat Toronto? I know that was that was bad. Shows you really got to protect Chad Kelly because my goodness. This Calgary team is terrible. Um, I don't know if Dickinson will get fired this season or after the season because they look, they don't just look bad. They're getting worse um, as the season progresses. 
Jake Mayer's getting worse. I don't. So is it I, time I also, to use the is it time to use the B word, Tyler, for Jake Mayer? Bum. Uh. No. Butthole. No. Booty cakes. Bust. Bust. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes a bust can be a good thing. Oh, <laughs> tell me how for him for the team currently. You, that's ridiculous. John, just over your head. We don't over your head. We don't need to talk about. Oh it. my god. <laughs> I'm not happy with this season. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put the bus label on him. I will say it's not, it's, I, it's not good. And they're making him throw too much. I mean, in this game he had to, but he's, he might have the most attempts in the CFL. Okay. I want to say just one thing. We will move quickly. Toronto's the best team in the East, quite possibly the best team in the CFL, though I think, you know, uh, BC and Winnipeg would argue with that um, as they continue to round into form. The takeaway from this game is actually about the crumb dumpster. This man proved that he can be a dual threat quarterback. Uh, Incredible passing game from crumb. Uh, 21 to 26, 292, three touchdowns, threw for more touchdowns in this game than he had in the previous five games he played, threw for the most yards he's ever had, um, most, you know, uh, average yards per reception. He finally turned it on. So I think that was a promising thing uh, from Dustin Crum uh, to show that he can be, you know, uh, a dual threat, uh, an exciting thing for Ottawa going forward. Um, Ottawa is well in the fight for that second East spot. I think they are alive, uh, and this game kind of excited me a little bit more for that, but Toronto is just going to roll. I think uh, Toronto is in, not historical, I'm not saying they're historically as good as Winnipeg has been the last few years, I'm saying they are in pick them until they prove you otherwise uh, position right if now. If Chad Kelly is pricks. starting and healthy, they are they are a dub. Yeah, they are pick, they are pick them until... They uh, prove otherwise. And um, those powder so. blues, those uh, again, another great uniform. I, that I want to, I want a powder blue. Oh. I, if my ideal matchup right now for the for the Grey Cup would be Toronto in the powder blues versus BC in the All Blacks. That would be beautiful. I also want to do something just for Tyler, um, as my computer freezes. Um, but I feel like I would be remiss if we uh, walked over that, and that is. Also, that our boy, Jalen Acklin, reemerged this game. Yeah. Had his first 100-yard game of the season, went for 157. Not only did he have his first 100-yard game of the season, this was the first time Acklin had gone over 60 yards all season. It's crazy. Uh, So, obviously, Ottawa has had their quarterback issues. Uh, We know how that story's went. So, coinciding with Crum, you know, showing off his arm, he's also going to hopefully ignite that receiving core. Anyway. As per usual, my takeaway from an Ottawa loss is that Ottawa is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be consistent. Can I make a player comment? It's or, or just sort of like how good Toronto is. I thought Curly Git. We all thought Curly Gittins was going to pop off the season. I think that shoulder injury really is holding him back. He's playing, but I don't really think he's he's at full. He's up to speed. Fair. So I dropped Avaris Daniels in the first like couple weeks because he wasn't doing anything. Tavares Daniels with a six catch, one hundred eighty yard, three touchdown game. I mean, he he's been amazing this season. I don't, how old is Tavares Daniels? Is he like thirty something? Uh, that's a great question, Tyler. Let me um, because he is absolutely having a great season. Cam Phillips also having a great season. You know, I I thought they would have to rely on Curly. I don't know what I was thinking because it Tavares hasn't mattered. Daniels is thirty years old. Thirty years old, and he's just he's just dunking out here. So. Uh, you know, Curly, I hope Curly Giddens is better by the end of the season, but it's, it's pretty insane to me. The season Chad Kelly is having the numbers he's putting up, uh, some of these games and Curly Giddens is basically not a part of it. It is interesting. It's impressive it is, is what it is. It is. So it is interesting. It is um, interesting. That was my last comment. All right. Well, that was a good comment, Tyler. Okay. Let's get into Pred standings. John picked up a game on everybody. This past week, so shout out John and the, t- the, the Oh, you're right there. The standings have have are pretty tight now. 
Uh, John's been on a, a bit of a pred run. Uh, Matt in first still at 27 and 12. I'm still in second at 26 and 13. Peter right behind me at 25 and 14. And then just keeping the, the line going, John at 24 and 15. So we're all we're all there. It's a tight grouping. It is tight indeed. Tyler. Oh yeah, it's still me. Uh, and then the oh weekly... no, I was yeah. Go yeah. just keep rolling, man. Yeah, yeah. The weekly leader recap: uh, Chad Kelly, four hundred seventeen passing yards to lead all quarterbacks. Bo with one hundred ten to lead all rushers. And then, like I said, Tavares Daniels, monster game, monster game, hundred eighty yards, three touchdowns, led the receivers. And then uh, the top defense was Montreal. No surprise there. Uh, one interception, one fumble, fumble recovery two sacks, and then a defensive touchdown as well. So um, so what Tyler is doing here is he is giving us the winners of what will be a new weekly part of our show, which is each week the boys uh, are going to pred who's going to have the most passing yards, most rushing yards, receiving, and then who will be the top defense that week. So something to look out for, something to follow along week in and week out. Um, and we're also going to introduce a new wrinkle to the Preds uh, coming up here, which, Matt, why don't you kick us off with that Pred and that new wrinkle? Yes. So the new wrinkle is the first person to predict a game winner is also going to set a player performance line for the game. Uh, so this can be a individual player. Uh, so-and-so is going to rush over... 80.5 yards or the defense is going to have three sacks or even something like, um, you know, the defense is going to force a couple fumbles or there will be 10 field goal attempts, that kind of, that kind of thing uh, for each game. I think, I don't know, maybe you guys went wild, but I think it's going to be fairly tame for the first couple weeks. And then we're going to start like getting a little more interesting as we go, but I could be wrong. Mine is, is very tame, I think. Um, so we've got Hamilton going to, or sorry, Edmonton at Hamilton. Um, and you ready for this one, guys? I'm ready. I'm taking them. Edmonton Elks. Yes. The Edmonton Elks will be winning this game. Uh, I called this as far back as week four. And I think I think it actually is shaping up, especially with uh, Trey Ford's great game last week. I think it is shaping up to be uh, a breakout game for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, my player performance line returning to the lineup, my man Eugene Lewis, I'm going to say the line for receiving yards is 59.5. Ooh. Uh, Last game against Hamilton, three players were over this mark. The I'm calling it Dogecorn. The do, the <laughs> the Doge Cornelius joint effort. Oh my! Uh, Stephen Dunbar, Kyron Moore, and Dylan Mitchell were were all over that 59.5 yard mark. However, Trey Ford only threw for 189 total yards against Winnipeg last week. I am taking the over. For Eugene Lewis, uh, 59.5 yards. I, am I next? Yes, I'm second. You are. This. Yep. Uh, I'm going to not pick Edmonton because it's sort of like the picking against Winnipeg deal or picking against Toronto. I need to be proven wrong at some point to not pick them. So uh, I will be going with the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will be going. I will be joining you in the over, though. That's a low enough over that I don't think if Gino Lewis had more than that, that it would mean that Hamilton lost the game. So I'll join you with the over. Okay. I. I just have to say I could not agree with Matt more. This is Edmonton's <laughs> week. The vibes. This is how you there. got in the basement in the first place, bud. This is Edmonton's <laughs> week. I just the don't vibes see- are incredibly strong. I think Hamilton is the worst team in the East. Uh, I think if Edmonton's going to do it against anybody, this is their best chance. Um, and I just think they get the job done. I think people woke up a little bit last week. It was, you know, at least a fresh first half. Um, Kevin Brown, you know, obviously had a big 65-yarder, so that 
you know, accounted for a lot of his yards. Um, but that got the job done. The running game got going. Uh, Kyron Moore continues to break out of his shell a little bit. Um, I think they maybe allow Trey Ford to throw a little bit, uh, although uh, maybe allows not the right word. I, I, I know that you know they're they're protecting him and not just holding him back. But but I do think that Edmonton gets the job done. Uh, and why not Geno Lewis over? 59 and a half because he's going to catch a big bomb he's going to have like a 70 yard touchdown that's my <laughs> prediction there very nice all right tyler winnipeg it, calgary it is i uh winnipeg versus calgary i will be very surprised if anyone on this podcast is going to pick calgary uh so i'll make the prediction part real short it's winnipeg uh now for the player line I want to give B.O. as a leader last week, so I, I kind of want to go for, for a hard one, especially because of Zach Claros, I don't, it doesn't look like he'll start. Do we know anything about the severity of the injury? Questionable. Questionable. And, yeah. I think that's a... That makes this is just my opinion. I believe that's a little bit of gamesmanship that Calgary doesn't know who to prepare for, but I... Why the hell would they play Claros against Calgary? There's no reason to take that risk. So I so, don't believe. I so Bo is going to get going to get hit going to get his over under. I'm going to set it at the same thing he got last week. 109.5 yards for Bo in this game. You pick. I'm going to go with with over. Wow. I think they're going to be up. I think he's going to be running. I think B.O. is going to have a game, especially if Claros doesn't play. Interesting. I, uh, yes, I'm picking Winnipeg to win, obviously. Uh, I I think the, I think under on 109 and a half rushing yards. Um, I think he's going to get involved in the passing game. I think he maybe has over 109 total yards, but not maybe that's maybe that's yards. a better one to say. No, the you've line already is what it, you've it already is. It. <laughs> the line is what it is. I think he's under 109 and a half rushing yards. I am also taking Winnipeg, and I'm also taking the under on 109.5 rush yards. Um. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I think it'll be close. I think he's definitely going to get into it. Um, but I think that was a, that was a big game for Brady, and uh, maybe that was his his breakout. And he's not going to go under. I, I will. I will. I will. I will, season, I, I will say this: he's he's gotten exactly one hundred and ten twice in the last two weeks, uh, in the last two out of the last three weeks. Uh, and he's broken 110, one two. It's a great line. Listen, Tyler, no one's saying anything about the line. A great 50, line. 50% of the games, he's gone over 110. <laughs> we love the line. I just think he's going to be under it. Okay. <laughs> that is fair. T- to be fair, last time he played Calgary, only had 73 yards. Okay. My turn. Tough uh, one. I think, I, I think, think this is a tough one. I think Game this of the is, week. I think this is... Yes, I do think this is game of the week. Um, I think this is... It's a, just a tough one to pick. Cody limited in practice uh, on the latest report. So I think if Cody was playing, i take Montreal for sure. Um, I, I Obviously, I'm a sucker for Ottawa. I am going to pick... The Montreal Alouettes. Montreal Alouettes. I'm not going to be dumb. Montreal's Montreal's a good team. They proved it last week. They've got a solid defense. I think Montreal gets the job done. Uh, but the line I'm going to set is going to be Ottawa. And it is going to be Crumb. And I'm going to set it at passing yards over under 250.5. I think he goes over, keeps the hot streak going, and keeps developing that rapport with the receivers. So I've got Crum over 250.5, but a Montreal win. 
Both are tough. Uh, so both it's me. Are, uh, both for me, it's going to be Ottawa. Oh. And I also think that uh, Dustin Crum will be way over 250. Okay. So I'm definitely taking the over on that one. I love it's almost that. like I have to. Ooh, okay. Oh boy. Um This is this is the in terms of preting, this is the the difficult one of the week. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go with a team with the healthy quarterback and I'm gonna go with Ottawa. Just because Caleb Evans played okay, but like if you just like I I, I don't know, like I I feel like the sketch defense was also just like caught unawares by him. Um so I'm gonna go Ottawa, and and if Ottawa's winning, that that means that Crumb is having a good game. So I'm going to say over as well. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, wrinkle for John. Montreal and the over. I know. I like <laughs> to live dangerously. I love it. That's all I gotta say. Okay, I'm doing double duty this week, so I'm gonna kick it off. Double dad uh, duty. Double duty. Uh, BC at Scatch. Uh, I think, luckily, on the winning side of the Preds, this should be an easy one. Knock on wood. I will be mm-hmm. picking. The it BC, will be. I will be picking the BC Lions uh, to defeat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And then, in regards of player performance, I'm going with a receiver, Mister Keon Hatcher. He's played six games so far this year. He is averaging ninety-three point eight yards per game. So I'm going to bump that up and go 95.5. Will Mr. Hatcher go over 95.5 receiving yards? I say yes. He has another big game. He went for 170 last week. He has another big receiving day uh, en route to a BC dominant win. I also think BC is going to win. This will come up later, but I think Ken Hatcher is going to have under oh. 95.5 yards. I'm going BC and under as well because I just think that the that BC will be playing with a, a lead most of the game and, and be running the ball a lot. Or more than they would be otherwise. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying they had a lead last week and he went for 170. I know. Just saying. You are just saying. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> no shooting here, Tex. I'm just saying. I also want to point out the last week in their dominant win against uh, BC. You know, I think well, here's here's what I said. I told Matt this. I just want to get this take out there. Um, I wish, as I said to Matt, and and when we were talking off uh, off camera, uh, I wish trades were more of a thing in the CFL. BC should trade Lucky Whitehead. He's a redundancy in their offense. Um, obviously, point. you need uh, Dom Rimes healthy, but once you get Dom Rimes healthy, Javon Katoy doesn't catch enough balls. Uh, Alexander Hollins has emerged as a starting level receiver. Um, I think Justin McKinnis is a solid Canadian option, and Lucky Whitehead doesn't return punts anymore uh, with uh, with um, Terry Williams back there. So anyway. Uh, I think they should trade Lucky Whitehead. That's what I would do if I was the BC Lions. Do with that what you will. I love it. Yeah. Let's get well, in. I, which team? Which team would you like to see him on? Well, that's I don't. I it would be you know I would just like to see which team could they get great return for. I would personally, you know, what I'd really like is I would like them to trade Lucky Whitehead to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for James Butler. To Ooh. bring back Butler. To Ooh. be the running back of that offense, yeah, but I think Crum is, that's. The I mean, yeah, Mizell's been been. I think been, that's the missing ingredient. I love you know the guy. Mizell's been good. I mean, he's, he's been has hurt. been he's good, but James Butler. I know James quality, Butler. Man. James Butler is kind and of and he's wasted being right wasted now. in Hamilton. Yeah. I don't like it. Can we also make it? Can we also just say uh, stats are back on CFL.ca? Not really, but they are kind of. Game stats are up. Game stat. Well, the, 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 the player stats. Well, you in the, the player game. profile. You can, but you can 
find stats in the game recap and you can find stats in the player profile. What you can't do is get player stats like in a spreadsheet. Yeah, and, the ser- and, really and I will the say the search place. options annoying. Like you can't just like it doesn't like you start typing, uh, sports reference websites, whatever all those different sports ones, basketball. When you start typing the name, it starts filling it in. That's they need that. Yes. Anyway, Matt, kick us off with a new our new weekly uh, stat leader segment. Well, what we want to do is we want to lean into the preds. We want to be preding. Until our tongue is Until I'm dead. Pred, 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 and more pred. So we are going to pred each week who in the upcoming week will lead a couple of statistical categories. We've got passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, and top defense. Top defense will be determined by fantasy points for that week. So I'm going to kick it off with passing yards. This ties into the over-under for the Ottawa game. I think Dustin Crum is going to lead the league in passing yards for the next week for week 11 out of your mind out of your mind is he i love you that are pick. welcome to predict whatever you want to predict that's that's the beauty of shups and preds is we all get to pred vernon adams well Easy. it's not your turn so i'm just saying. just take a take a take a break tyler who do you think is going to lead us in passing yards i I like the Dustin Crumb pick, but I also don't like just hopping on your pick. It's weird because I just said no to Keon Hatcher, but that's okay. BC has a lot of other good receivers. I'm going to go with Vernon Adams Jr. It's obviously going to be Vernon Adams Jr. He's going to shred uh, Saskatchewan. It's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. A, ooh, a bloodbath! I love to yes. see that. Yes, Tyler, tell us about rushing yards. Well. Considering the line I set Brady Oliveira at, I'm going B. I'll go quick with this. It's B.O. Calgary is split between two running backs now. With so uh, Dedrick Mills would have been maybe a, a good pick. I don't probably not against Winnipeg, uh, but now that that the running back duties are split again, uh, you can't really pick one there. Montreal and Ottawa. I don't know. There's there's nothing in the backfield that says to me leading rusher. And then BC Sketch, maybe Taekwondo Mazel's had a couple big game but yeah i think the for me the the, the obvious choice i guess james butler might be another good a good shout but he kind of splits his touches between catches and and running he's not necessarily running the ball a bunch so yeah bo so i am going to hope i think or i guess i think it would be smart that even though they may be down most of the game i think that sketch protects their quarterback and they get a heavy dose of Jamal Morrow. So I think Jamal Morrow uh, leads the league in rushing yards this week. Okay. I think it's going to be a down week for rushing. And I, I think, but I do think Brady Oliveira is going to lead us in a down week. I agree, though. It does feel like a down rushing week. Yes. I don't Seems know like why. this is going to be a, a gunslinger week. I hope well, so. Well, because you've got. Um, you got Trey Four. Yeah, I just think I, I think it's gonna be a, a slinging slinging week. It's we're we're gonna be slinging. You're gonna be slinging. Uh, receiving yards. Keon Hatcher. He's gonna lead the league this week. Uh, I just think you know it's 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 tailor made for a big week for BC. It is tailor made for a big week for BC, but not for Keon Hatcher. Okay. This is Alexander Holland's week. I love that. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm going Jalen Acklin. I love that. I hope the I, I've been waiting for Jalen Acklin, Acklin to have a connection with the quarterback since uh, since Jeremiah Masoli went down. I hope this Dustin Crum thing is is the connection because Jalen Acklin's an awesome CFL player uh, who's deserved better. Uh, in the last few seasons, it's really unfortunate about the VA thing, but it really set set Ackland back massively. So, yeah, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Axe. Okay, and then finally, defense. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, I think that they're playing, you know, a team that is prone to have offensive mishaps uh, in the Calgary Stampeders. So I think this is 
set up for a good defense in Winnipeg to take advantage of a sputtering offense in Calgary. Definitely a good choice. I think there's another obvious choice this week, and that's what I'm going to be taking, which is the BC Lions. Very fair. Um, if uh, Montreal can do what they did to Sketch, I definitely think BC is capable of um, giving the whole team a lot of problems. So I'm going to take BC, but I, 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 I don't think Winnipeg is a, a bad choice at all. Is it my is it my is it my pick? It is. It is, Tyler. Uh it's Winnipeg. Calgary stinks. <laughs> <laughs> How many all right, this is a sideline. I just want to get Tyler's opinion on this. Tyler, over under fifteen and a half carries for Kadeem Carey this week. Under, definitely. Under. Under. <laughs> so such a shame. <laughs> That was that was in in my example. That's why it was Diedrich Mills under nine point five. Such a such a shame, so, man! Like, it's ridiculous. I'm, so, I'm Dave. I need him gone. I need this man's job. I just want to see him coach somewhere else. I just this feel like... could be an interesting opportunity. You ready for this one? Tell yes. me who says no. Okay. John, you said you wanted more trades. Tyler, you said you want Dave Dickinson coaching somewhere else. Straight up, Dickinson for Jones. Who says no? I love it. Does that sound like, I feel like, that's, not, Calgary. I feel like that's not crazy? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I would love a head coach. Could, I feel like that works. Does that not work? No, it doesn't work. I think you're for especially personality wise. You're like. Bring in just Mr. Dickhead Chris Jones. I feel like the Calgary players would probably <laughs> Mr. say no to that. Mr. Dickhead. I think <laughs> I think that is a guaranteed winner. I like I like where your head's at though. We do need more trades. Trades are fun. Let's, <laughs> let's just be honest. Another person I'd like to see get traded, Walter Fletcher. No more sitting on the bench. It looks like stand back's healthy again. What's he gonna go back to sitting on the bench every game? Well, let's get that guy in a good situation. Maybe he can get traded to BC. I don't know. That's just my just my thoughts. Matt, give us a little fantasy uh, rundown. Tell us how the year's going. I'd love to oh, hear about gosh. it. Gosh. It, it's you over. Just to be it's over. Ahead. It's not over. It is not over because I was very close to having a catastrophic massive, week. Massive, massive week for Petey Boy this week. <laughs> uh, last Dude, week. That is an all-timer. <laughs> 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 that was uh, that was uh, two buys, two injuries. Uh, Corny had a couple runs, and then Toronto scored five points. Uh, so, John, well, let's start at the bottom. Peter, uh, lowest point total we've ever seen, 5.2, led by <laughs> five points with Toronto. Uh, I had a great game out of Just... Dustin Crum. Big reason why I'm riding with him this week. Uh he had 27.2 for 66.4 for me. We talked about it. That is kind of a normal week, 66.4, um, but it wasn't enough for this week. Tyler behind a huge 31.7 out of Chad Kelly at 73.4, but even that was not enough. John, huge 32 points from your boy Keon Hatcher, uh, 79, extending your lead. So uh, standings are John way out ahead uh, <sighs> over 150 points clear of tyler in second place john at 77 778.6 tyler at 626.9 uh now the duel is for second place between tyler and i uh so i'm uh 12.4 points behind i thought i really wanted it i just had uh, i just had bad bad stuff out of well, definitely my got to figure I, out a way to how to catch Tyler. I really want it. <laughs> I, I went with Sketch. I thought they would. I saw um, Ottawa in week nine get to, uh, well, it was Cody at that point. And then I thought, okay, well, Sketch is going to get to. Anyways, I should have gone with BC, but I didn't. And then also, I can't figure out what to do. I've got two. Sketch players, catch receivers, Wynicky and Emilius, and they both stink. They stink. 
I don't know what to do with that. So I'll have to figure that out if I want to catch Tyler. Peter is way back. I just want to pat myself on the back. It's all about perseverance in this game. And I thought I was done for when Zach Caleros posted a negative two. Um, but I still got the dub despite that, that quarterback insane. performance. That is actually pretty <laughs> sick. Help that his backup came in and shredded and got the ball to Kenny and then B.O. went off. But. I think mo- mo- I think the big mess for me is that Curly Gittens has just been not Curly Gittens this season. And then yes. the, the, and then the, uh, the, the injury, the Malik Henry injury early in the season, oh. I, think it really, I think it really set me back. Because that Chad Kelly pick is the last pick of, of my draft looks so good. Okay. I mean, I would be I would be floundering without that pick. Yeah, I think uh, you're very fortunate there. I think uh, let's, let's if we take a look at Tyler's roster. I just want to you know you're close to exploding. I feel though. I mean, what if Jalen Acklin starts taking off? You get Keon Schaefer Baker gets healthy, and you know there's a few pieces there that could fall into place. But yeah, Chad Kelly as the last pick in your draft is an all-timer. <laughs> I mean, even Dalton shown hasn't really shown up all no, year. No, just like no, but I mean AJ AJ's been fantastic. I think AJ. also shout out for just sort of unsung hero of the season, sort of the engine that makes Toronto go and sets up the pass game. Just truly. And also just the craziest looking person in the CFL. He's got flair. He's got flair. <laughs> He's got All right. flair. All right. With that being said, uh, any final parting shots before we let these fine New format's awesome. If you don't like the new format, then just, then just keep listening anyway. So the new format is awesome because what we're going to do next week when we review the games is we'll start by taking a look at who hit on the player performance predictions and we'll see how that impacted the game. So for me, when Keon Hatcher goes over 95.5 yards, I'll gloat about how I predicted that, how it was easy, and that's why BC won uh, 35 to 9. And so it'll be good. It'll be good for everybody. Uh, we're excited, this new format. We're excited to get it rolling. Uh, excited to be back from summer break uh, and ready for the rest of the CFL season. So with that being said, uh, find us on X dot com at shups and preds uh, email us shups and preds at gmail.com and leave us a nice review uh, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye.